it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Cotton Club crew. This is going to be episode number four. Uh, and tonight we have our new member joining us. Uh, it's me, Jack, along with Reed, and our new guy, Joe, who has so graciously decided to uh, join our team and bring us his takes on Texas Tech sports as well. Um, we'll let you hear from him in a minute. Um, but first, we're just going to jump into things, and uh, you know, we're just going to get to talking. So uh, we're going to touch on some baseball that happened over the weekend. Tech took two of three from TCU. And then we're going to touch on the hiring of Grant McCaslin for Texas Tech basketball. Um me personally, kind of a surreal moment seeing Grant McCaslin hired at Tech. As I've mentioned multiple times on the pod, you know, I grew up going to his basketball camps uh, in Midland when he was the coach at Midland College. So, uh, pretty cool thing for me to see. Um, but, you know, we'll jump into that later. Uh, first, we're just going to start out with baseball. Um, in case you didn't hear about Friday's game, it was pretty crazy to say the least. Um, Tech ended up winning this game 20 to 16. Um, and TCU uh, jumped out to an 8 nothing lead. And then uh, Tech came all the way back <laughs> and outscored them, uh, you know, 20 to 8 over the final, um, I guess, seven and a half innings or so. So. Um, Pretty interesting things going on in Lubbock. Just crazy game. Just weird shit happens at night in Lubbock, especially um, you know when Tech's wearing the black jerseys. It just happens in every sport. Uh, just weird things happen in this. Um, lost seven to ten on Saturday. 
Uh, I was actually at this game. Joe was actually at the games on Friday and Sunday, so I'm no longer allowed to go to games. Um, but uh, seven to ten, it was a real chippy game. A lot of trash talk um, that continued into Sunday. Um, you know, a lot of I know Sarlus got tossed. So did Braden Taylor for TCU. Both of their guys got tossed. Um, and I do want to settle something. I got a DM because uh, I got a DM because someone asked me why I always quote or why when I do scores against TCU, I always type out Texas Christian. And it is because of the most petty reason possible. It is because I know they don't like being called Texas Christian. And so that's w- the pure and only reason that I do that. Um, I know that they're trying to get away from that. They're trying to get away from like what their name stands for, which I really don't understand. But um, I will not let it die. Um, let's jump into this. Uh, Reed, I'm going to go to you first. Um, you know, Tech scores 37 runs this weekend. That is a amazing stat. Um, but another stat you don't really like to see is Tech pitching giving up 31 runs. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on, uh, this and, you know, what did you, what are your takeaways, I guess I should say from this weekend? Yeah. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, my, my takeaways are kind of exactly what I anticipated happening. Uh, me and Chris were kind of mentioning on last week's pod about, uh, we kind of thought it was going to be strictly offense both ways. And, for the most part, it's pretty much what it turned into. It was just uh, kind of a shootout for nearly all three games. I guess TCU only put up, um, what was it, like five runs on Sunday. But even then, in a lot of games, that, that at least keeps you in and if not wins you some um, in, in most instances. So, uh, But they put up five and still lost by five. So uh, that just shows what you know what these two offenses can do, one, and then two, what, what the pitching kind of lacks for both programs right now. Um, I mean, and I also mentioned it last week too. It's just we've always been able to hit the ball. It's never been a problem. Um, and uh, the the uh, I forgot. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. But the the pitch we had that was suspended uh, for the UT series. Uh, him coming back, Beckel. Was, yeah, Beckel, Beckel. Yeah, yeah, Beckel. Uh, obviously, having him back was huge. And he's your legitimate number one out of the bullpen right now um, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, so. Uh, it's it's good to see him emerge as that candidate. But what's what's not so intriguing is that there's not really a clear two or or, or you know so on behind that. So um, if we can just find some arms to do something consistently, it would would make uh, our, our season go that much further. I think, and um, you know at least we won the series because we we had to kind of had to have it after uh, getting swept in Austin the week before. Um, I think uh, these midweek series games are definitely going to be big for us. Obviously, we didn't play tonight because of weather, but um, when you got pitchers that really aren't clicking or doing what they need to be doing, those those midweek games kind of give us some opportunities to find guys to uh, hopefully get some momentum or you know at least gain some more experience on the mound. So uh, I'd be looking forward to seeing some of those more, uh, getting some younger guys some starts and. Hopefully, we're being able to work some guys into the rotation more often. Um, but yeah, really, just uh, it's the same story we've had for a while now, and I'm just hoping we're we're kind of 
hopefully finding some some answers at some point. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I like what you said about you know those midweek games. You are going to be getting a lot of uh, younger guys some experience during those, and you know if you get you know two or three guys that are giving you quality innings, then I think that. Uh, you could definitely see some of those appearances for these kids start to come on the weekends, not just during in the middle of the week. Um, Joe, you were there. Um, you know, what did you see on Friday? What did you see on Sunday? Um, I know that I, I'm going to ask if you stayed the whole time on Friday, but, um, you know, what, uh, what were some of your takeaways from the weekend? Um, there's a few actually, not nothing crazy, you know, after those first couple, you know, the beers kind of started going down a little bit quicker than they had before the game started. So, um, those eight runs that we surrendered fairly early in that game, I mean, that's a real gut punch, but it's kind of like what you just touched on about things, weird things happening in Lubbock at night. And that's any sport that's, that's across the board. And, you know, it's, you know, we're never out of it, essentially. There's just, we have just so much firepower on the start, but man, it, man, it, it was dirty and ugly fast. Um, a lot of it is youth, um, not finding the strike zone, um, giving up five errors. Um, that, that kind of, that stat necessarily doesn't get lost all, all in that box score and stuff like that, because, you know, it's not often you see a big number five sitting right there. And I mean, out of the 16 um, runs TCU scored, I believe seven of them were unearned. And I I attest that to some pitching, pitching not hitting its spots. Um, when the pitch is getting the spot, us not being able to back up our guys, you know, when we needed to make a play. And, you know, that kind of goes towards the youth that we have on this team and some guys still getting acclimated to this this um, big 12 conference and the schedule and things like that and the, the high competition. So, I mean, I saw, I saw good and bad. Obviously it was great seeing the win there on Friday at, at the end of it all after how sloppy it had started for us. Um, but, you know, we we prevailed there at the end, but I mean, there's a lot of good, there's quite a bit of bad. And then, you know, you have that, that pitching that, could that sometimes gives us glimpses, man, where it's just like, whoo, if we get this, if we get this ball selling in the right direction, we're, we're going to be a problem for a lot of people uh, across the country. And we just can't, we just can't find that consistency. And it's, it's real tough to, to find consistency with people who haven't played as much ball as some of these other teams that are out there. It's hard to gel. I know speaking as a, a young baseball player myself, um, you could get in your own head a lot of times, especially whenever you're on the hump, because all it takes is one error behind you when things are going smooth and all of a sudden all your confidence is gone. And I think that's something that that you you gain with maturity. You grow past that, you know, as McGuire says, you know, what's next or on to the next, you know, those kind of mantras need to be kind of set in stone with some of these younger players. And I think they'll get there. Those weekday games in the middle of the week should help playing some a little bit lower class games in the big 12 should help. But, you know, overall 
it's it's something we needed you know we've only won two games out of the last seven so we needed this series to go to to move forward yeah i agree and um i think that a lot of a lot of that is is very valid it's a good point and i i'm kind of gonna take it big picture for y'all for a minute and I posted an article about this on Viva uh, last night, and just kind of in the grand scope of things, we are talking about a team that is obviously struggling on the mound as of late. Uh, You know, there's only been one Big 12 game where the opposing team has scored less than five runs. Um you know, so you're you're guaranteeing that you have to score six at least. And granted, so far this offense has been up to the test for a majority of it, right? Um, other than in Austin, uh, but they just got outscored. But um, I think that you you're at a point now where I think I'm comfortable at least talking about um, kind of the pitching as a whole. And and, and what I really want to kind of dive into for a quick minute is the fact that these these pitching issues um they're not how do you say it? they're not new um they're not just all of a sudden popping up um this is an every year thing um and yeah you're going to have injuries every year that and I'm not saying that tech should be exempt from injuries or that it's realistic to expect that we don't have injuries occur that's just not going to happen there are going to be injuries i'm talking more about the fact that every single season there is a starter that is supposed to be you know carrying some serious juice or you know we hear all these good things and then they get hurt before the season starts um this is talking about this is kind of turning into a systemic issue uh within this program um this year it's jack washburn uh you know uh last year there were a few the year before that i mean brandon birdsell got hurt during the middle of the season but you know he's hurt uh gurton last year he got hurt in the middle of the season but you know hurt um you have guys that are missing the season um uh last year i i know uh hade key missed uh last year because he had some some arm issues uh so you know and he's not back i don't even think he's on the team anymore so you know you get to this point where this isn't a you know oh man you know tech another it's like oh man we got an injury to you know, one of our main starters, well, you know, well, next year, you know, things will turn around. Well, no, because next year there'll just be another injury. So I think it's time that, like, you we need to start having the, a conversation. And like I said, I mentioned this in the article, I'm not advocating for firing anyone. I don't think that's good during the middle of the season. I don't think that we're even at that point yet. But i just like to peel the curtain back a little bit and kind of see what's going on and why this is happening so frequently. Um, you know, Trendon Parrish got, you know, his his year ended 
prematurely last year uh, due to due to some injury issues. Uh, you know, and there's there's just a lot of different things. You know, and you can go back, you know, four or five years. Um, you know, uh, what's the guy from Vanderbilt that Becker? He he missed uh, some significant time uh, with injury issues. Um, and so it's just not, it's one of those things where it's becoming an every year issue and it's troubling to me. Um, and I, and I think these, and it seems like more and more now, like these issues are starting to happen. Uh, you know, like I said, every year, um, but there's a magnifying glass on it now because this is what happens when you, when you give up 10 runs, um, a game, you know, when the, when the other team averages over 10 runs a game, uh, when you get to the point where you're losing games because you're losing games when you're scoring 10 runs and you're still losing. Um, so all of a sudden this magnifying glass is on this aspect of this team right now. And I think it's only fair that we kind of discuss it for a quick minute before we jump into, um, you know, the basketball stuff. Um, Breed, you know, this, as I mentioned, this has been happening for a couple years now. Um, you know, what do you think, you know, is it overthrowing uh, before the season starts? Is it too much, you know, is it too much time on the mound before the before the important games are being held? Are they pitching too much in the red and black series? You know, um, is it is it poor recovery? Uh, you know, uh, what do you think, you know, what do you think there could be, could be some of the issues that are, you know, kind of leading to this? Yeah. I mean, there's really not any way to, to tell without being there, I guess, but uh, I'm sure it's really just a combination of of all sorts of things with, uh, maybe they're not rehabbing correctly or, um, you know, maybe they're getting overthrown at times or maybe they're just not, you know, like I said, just not rehab and not doing what they need to do from a physical health standpoint to um, to, to produce what they need to do throughout the season, uh, as long as or as well as throwing in probably a little bit of bad luck uh, at this point with, with how many times it seems like it's, it's happened. Um, uh, but really, just as a whole, I'll, I mean, I've circled around it the last couple of times we've we've had the pod and um, and recently too. It just it just seems like it's it's reoccurring and it's been there the entire Tadlock regime really since we've been, since we went to the world series in 14, 15, 13, whenever that was that, uh, that era, um, we've always had good pitchers in the pin, uh, in the starting rotation. We just never had a complete staff. It seems like, uh, from, from A to Z, which when you look at most teams that are winning world series and going deep is they've got two or three studs on the mound starting and they got, you know, a handful of guys in, in the, bull, in the bullpen that can give them, two, three innings that are just getting rotated through in and in and out. So uh, we, we don't have that right now. I'm hoping we can, we can figure something out before the uh, uh, season kind of gets along too much, but um, makes me wonder if we need to start recruiting from dis- different aspect uh, to kind of go pitcher heavy some years or um, I don't follow baseball recruiting super heavily as um, you two might, but um we, we've always got hitters. You know, I don't think there's ever an instance where in, in this in this last 10 years where I'm like, wow, we, we just can't hit the ball. We can't score enough to win games. It's never been the problem. It's always 
I'm not sure if we can get enough outs to, to get out of this game without losing. Because uh, at some point, your bat's going to get cold. Everybody's bat's get cold. Um, there's going to be times we only score three or four runs a game. Um, and, you know, the pitching's got to be able to help the bats at that point. So uh, you'd like to see some more continuity between both sides of the ball. But um, until I – I mean – until some guys start stepping up, I'm just not sure if we're really going to get that anytime uh, in the near future, but I'm really hoping we are. Yeah, Joe, I'll kind of frame it the same way for you. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to talk about cause you know, you know, the guys that are, that are, um, that are injured, you know, they don't want to be hurt. It's not their choice. Um, it's almost, I don't know. It's just a rotten run of luck, it seems. But at the same time, you know, how long do you think this has to go? I mean, I consider it a pattern at this point. Um, You know, I don't know if you do, but um, that's just kind of my thoughts on it. You know, I feel like, you know, I've I've seen it enough and it's been frequent enough to consider it a pattern. You know, I was just kind of looking at the box scores of the last four games, going back to the New Mexico game, and then the three-game set that we just had here with TCU. We haven't had a starting pitcher go over four innings. Boys, that's like, if you want to win the big championship there at the end of this, at the end of it all, you got to have at least one or two guys that are going six, six and a third, six and two-thirds, maybe potentially seven innings deep in, you know, and have a solid, solid bullpen to come and clean that up. And over the last four, for sure, I know we haven't gone, but one game, one starter pitcher over four, four and a third. And that's, you're not going to win many ball games like that. Um, from what I've seen personally, um, I don't know if it's a rehab issue, if people are ailing and they're just coming back a little too soon. And then they start, like I said, you get into your own mind that, you know, the each pitch has to be perfect and you don't want to let, you don't even want to give your defense a chance because either the defense letting you down or the situation that you've already put yourself in, you just get in your own, in your own head. And you just, like I said, you start, your mechanics get thrown off. And once your mechanics go, I, I, I was never a pitcher in high school, so I can't speak on experience here, but just as a, as a baseball fan. You, those mechanics start going and you get that that in your head anytime you're going towards the mound it's either going to be crushed because you just leave some hanging fruit there or it's just going to be in the dirt you know and it and it's sad to see because we have all the talent in the world on the offensive side you know we're going to put runs up end of story and that's how it's always been but whenever this stuff is kind of happening, it kind of you don't want to start pointing the blame, pointing your fingers at one particular person. But there's something that needs to needs to change there, because, like I said, I think either some of them are not rehabbing properly or they're coming back too soon to try to help the team because the pitching has been kind of, you know, on the on the slide down. It could be a lot of different things. Um, and it's hard to kind of put yourself in in the shoes of an 18 to 21 year old. I just, I just know that there's some issues there and I, I don't, I don't like watching it as a fan. It, it really hurts. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And 
I think that, you know, tonight would have been a perfect opportunity to get these young guys. Like, like Reed mentioned earlier, it's a perfect opportunity to get these young guys some some reps in a midweek game against Abilene Christian. Obviously, they're not playing that tonight due to um, bad weather. But again, this weekend is going to be huge. Um, and I say that because um, after this weekend, uh, you know, Tech goes for a five-game stint away from home, um, and th- it's against good competition. Um, they got the games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, this weekend against North Dakota State. Obviously, those are it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series due to Easter Sunday, um, and then Monday. Uh, Monday and Tuesday are a midweek at Stanford in Palo Alto. So um, these are – this is against a top 25, probably top 10 uh, Stanford team. Um, then after that, next weekend, you're in Norman for three against Oklahoma. Um, TCU has lost in Norman already this year. Um, so it's not a place where you can just go in – like prior to uh, last season where you could just go in and kind of inflict your will on Oklahoma and just win the games. Um, That doesn't happen anymore. So uh, you have to be on your bet at your best and you have to definitely be at your best against Stanford. Um, And as we mentioned, you know, it's kind of hard right now um, looking at who's going to pitch. I don't know who's going to pitch on Monday and Tuesday in Palo Alto um, but I don't have a good feeling about it. I'll be honest. I don't. Um, I think that it's very up in the air and I think that, um, you know, I don't know if, um, you know, that 15 run scenario in one of those games isn't out of the, isn't out of the question. Uh, does tech have 16 runs in them? Are we using up all of our, I always say, use the expression, are we using up all the runs already? Uh, it's possible that we could be. Um, I guess we'll find out later in the year. But enough about baseball. I kind of want to switch it over right now. Is a good time. Um, Grant McCaslin, the new head coach at Texas Tech, uh, you know, got him from UNT after they went on to win the men's NIT uh, against UAB. Uh, McCaslin and UNT finished this year with a 31 and seven record. Um, he, uh, they held 27 of their 38 opponents to under 60 points this season. Um, his record in six seasons is 211 and 89. And, um, his teams have led the nation in scoring defense the past two seasons after, uh, limiting opponents to just 55.7 points per game. Um, you know, Grant McCasland, I mentioned, uh, used to coach at Midland College. He got that job when he was like 27, uh, which is crazy to think about. Um, but, um, that was when I was around eighth, eighth or, you know, I was actually probably around like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh, that era, that era, um, for me, but, um, around 06 to 08, uh, in Midland and, you know, he won, a national championship, a JUCO national championship for Midland College one of those years, and I think it was 07. And uh, he ended, I guess he ended up being at Midland College from 04 to 09, so he was there for a while. 
Um, but, uh, you know, went on to Midwestern State for a couple years, uh, then went on to be an assistant at Baylor for five seasons, um, was uh, at Arkansas State for a year, and then went on to North Texas, and now he's at Tech. Um, you know, he's, he's from the Dallas area, he's from Irving, uh, went to Baylor, played uh, played for played basketball at Baylor as a walk-on in the late 90s. Um, you know, he got his uh, master's from Tech in 01, and from uh, 99 to 01, he was the director of basketball operations uh, under James Dickey when he was the coach at Texas Tech, uh, just right before, uh, a little before Bob Knight uh, came to Tech. Um Looking at this hire, uh, just, you know, kind of talking from, a, you know, just from a wide lens here, uh, it's going to be a lot of the same basketball that you've co- become used to seeing uh, at Texas Tech. This is a lot of, um, you know, it's defense-based, and, uh, you know, the offense comes second. Um, there's been a lot of talk, you know, among in Tech circles, you know, about his staff that he's bringing or that he's going to hire. Uh, you know, are they going to be more offensive based? Um, I he really didn't shed a whole lot of light on that in his press conference, um, and so I think that we're kind of going to have to be in a wait and see uh, scenario when it comes to that. Um, I don't think that he would be. I think I don't think he said anything about you know being opposed to having an offensive assistant. Or anything like that. I know that a lot of people have expressed their concerns to us about the, uh, you know, the tempo of the offense. It's slow. Um, you know, they want to slow down the game. And but you know, that's what we're used to here. You know, we're used to holding teams to under sixty and scoring sixty to win. Um, we've become pretty good at it over the past few years. And you know, we went to the national championship one year doing that. So. Um, We've also gone to an Elite Eight and a Sweet 16, uh, you know, d- with that model. And so it works. Um, I think that, um, in that in the year you go to the national championship, you definitely see a team that has an offensive uh, gear at, along with the defense. And I think that's what propelled us just to keep going a little farther than those other teams where, uh, well, especially the, I guess, the Sweet 16 team. They're pretty off, good on offense, but um, you know you kind of lacked a real true uh, playmaker at times. Um, but I digress, uh, and uh, I'll switch the lo- switch the order here. Um, Joe, would you see uh, McCaslin's you know his resume? Uh, you know that it's kind of a similar style. He comes from the Scott Drew coaching tree. Um, you know, what are you most excited about in this hire? And and is there something that you might be a little, uh, you know, a little bit, how can I say this? You know, a little bit, you know, kind of not so hot about. Um, well, I, I like the hire a lot, um, just for a few different reasons. If you ever have, or either of you guys have a chance to go onto YouTube Watch, watch some of Coach McCaslin mic'd up. And you'll see a lot of what Norrence was saying in the, um, in the presser yesterday 
about how he's one of us, how he gets us. This is culturally, this is, you know, this, this is our guy, you know, this is the guy we need or the kind of guy we need uh, running our program. And a lot of that is, is, is straight on, man. If, if you watch that stuff, like I said, you'll get, you'll get just as pumped up as watching Joey McGuire talk. Um, I heard something in the, um, in the tech deal they put out whenever he was hired. And I actually changed my Twitter to that saying, because he said that, you know, I'm not here to win 15 games. I'm here to win championships. And then the next thing that he said had me fully sold on him altogether was I don't want to be average. I didn't, I'm not interested in being average. And man, that gave me chills like that as a player. I mean, you want a guy who's going to run through a brick wall with you. And I feel like he's, he's that guy. Um, Everything he said in the presser yesterday sounded genuine and how all the stars aligned for him to come back to tech, all the ties and, I mean, his resume kind of speaks for itself. I'm kind of open-minded about it. I, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting and wait like everybody else is about that, about his staff and who he's bringing over. I know Ben McCollum's name's been thrown out there a lot and, you know, who wouldn't want Ben McCollum? Let's just be honest here, you know? So I, I just, like I said, I'm, and as far as, you know, things that I'm kind of weary about, you know, for, for the longest time, I had almost convinced myself that, man, I don't I don't know if I like the tempo of his offense, but the more and more I watch North Texas play, I'm good. I am totally good with it. So, I mean, I don't have any real anything bad or anything like down down downfall to say on the McCaslin hire. I think it's a it's a great hire. I'm not going to go as far in saying it's a home run hire yet so prematurely. But on paper and from what I've seen online about him, uh, I'm good. I am. I'm happy. I'm happy with what the committee chose and they chose him. So I kind of felt like it was his his job to to turn down from the start. As soon as Mark was was terminated, I, I had a feeling that McCaslin was the top of that list and for for good reason. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a good hire. I'll kind of coattail off of you two guys, but uh um, it's, it's, it was the right hire. It was the easy hire. Um, and not, not to make it sound bad, but it was, um, it was, it was the McGuire hire for the basketball team. Um, kind of like Joe touched on, he's, he's a culture guy. He, he builds around players and, uh, having relationships with them personally off the court. And, you know, that transcends to what they can do on the court. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. And, you know, if I'm being honest, we, we, we hate to really, throw his name around anymore but uh coach beard was 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 that for the programs that were here uh he had those guys bought into what he was teaching and um the ideologies that he had for uh players and 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 his men outside of outside of basketball he had those teams bought in and i think that's part of the reason you were able to see such a good uh cohesion with them on and off the floor so you know it's it's really just going to depend on what he's able to do uh, with the staff, I think, and uh, like you guys have said, there's some names already getting thrown around that he's uh, looking into. And uh, I watched the presser, and I remember him saying he was getting ready to announce some names here pretty quick. So uh, it's good to see he's already kind of built that because I think it's better to um, kind of get the staff done before you really try and do much with the roster. Uh, personally, just so that guys can kind of have an idea what what they're looking at for 
um, coaching staff as a whole outside of just him because um, they do a lot of work with more than just the head coach day to day. So um, the, the staff is definitely important and uh, Ben McCollum would be a huge get, obviously. So um, and I think there's some people in this, this tech roster now that, um, or excuse me, tech staff that I think would be good to keep back. And I mentioned him before, Daryl Dora um, is, is a tech guy. He's been around the program for a while. He's kind of seen our, our incline success recently. So I think keeping him around would be good and, you know, just maintaining uh, the guys on the roster that we have now uh, and getting them bought in will, will be kind of key number one for them. And I'm kind of pretty confident that he's able to do that. So uh, outside of those two, you know, kind of big things, and I'm just kind of ready to see what he's able to do and hopefully kind of keep us uh, where we need to be, um, kind of where we've been the last five, six years with Beard and and then kind of with, with Adams there that first season that he had. So I, I do think there was was a small amount of um, – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just – um, a little bit worried, I guess, but not even really that far uh, of what have, what his offenses have done. But kind of like what Joe was saying, the more I watch, the more I'm kind of okay with it because you really think about it, there was times where the Beard offense was hard to watch. But at the same time, when the defense was clicking on all cylinders and the offense would just follow suit with it right behind it, and that's when we were able to see the, the you know the big um, the big outcomes that we had uh, for that stretch. So. I'm just excited to see what he's able to do and hoping that uh, it doesn't take too long to get some good ex- good results rolling pretty quick. Yeah, I agree, and I think we're going to start seeing, like you mentioned, you know, um, the, the more we go along, the names will drop. And, um, you know, to Joe's point, I was one of the people that, um, you know, ha- had kind of been in the camp of, uh, you know, just – hearing out Ben McCollum just to see what he had the ju- uh, if he had the juice in terms of you know coming on as the head coach much less as an assistant so um you know I I think Joe hit the nail on the head there you know I think anyone would be pretty uh would be pretty happy with Ben McCollum on their staff and you know you talk about a proven winner uh you're talking about a guy that's won what four national championships in the last six years at at the D two level? So um, that's I mean that's winning. Um, so I I really I really do you know the more you know the more we talk about it the more I'm kind of on board with it as I mentioned and um, I think that you know we I I don't, I'd, I'd say this jokingly but kind of at the same time not. You know, I, I think we're just going to raid Baylor of all their assistants and, uh, you know, just just call it a day. I, and, and I truly think, and, you know, no disrespect to Grant McCasland or where the tech program is now, um, y- you know, I think we kind of might not have, uh, you know, I think we kind of missed on the Jerome Tang train. Um, I, I think that it was probably there for the taking uh, when we hired Mark Adams, but you know, um, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So I, I think that um, you know, for where we are right now and what the program has had to go through, um, I think that this is setting up to be in a pretty. We're setting up to be in a pretty nice spot. Um, you know, there have been a few people that have, you know, commented or talked to us about, uh, you know, not really uh, kind of liking the hire and, 
not, it's not that they didn't like it. It's just kind of they're in a wait and see mode. The kind of fact that you know you're going to have to prove that this is a good hire, and I think there's some merit to that. Um, I think that tech fans can also be incredibly jaded, and I think that this is definitely one of those times. Uh, you know, this is the third time we've introduced a head coach in the last, uh, you know, seven years, six or seven years. So um, I think tech fans have incredibly long memories and um, they they don't uh, get over stuff very easily. And, and I mean that, you know, uh, I'm one of those people. I, I'm one of those people that's definitely, you know, um, I've watched two. I went to the I went to the Chris Beard one. I went to the Mark Adams one when I was in Lubbock, and uh, you know, you all these guys, all these you know, these intro pressers are the same. Uh, you know, they're gonna bring their family up. They're gonna talk about why tech is that tech is their dream job, and you know how you know they went to tech at one point, or if they didn't, they went for tech, and you know this is where our, they wanted to be, and. You know, the stars are aligning. Um, I noticed yesterday that um, a lot of it during the presser was a lot of focus on family, and which I kind of found interesting at the fact that uh, with all the rumors swirling around the program during the year that they made such an emphasis on family, uh, on his family for this, uh, which, I found, like I said, I found it super interesting. Uh, Joe, you got anything to add to it? Yeah, I was um, <laughs> I was just thinking about about the the tech fan base kind of deal, not forgetting things like that, and I don't know if this would be a a proper jab or it isn't even a jab because I I love Kirby and I love everything that you know he's done for our university, um, but I I have a feeling there whenever like just say for the example when Wells was hired, you know, the word elite was thrown out there a lot of times by him. And then that's what was brought to the table. And I kind of just think as, you know, and this is just speaking as a tech fan. Um, I, I feel that that, that word was thrown around too loosely when that hire was made back then. And now it's kind of just still, it kind of resonates moving, moving forward and towards all of the other tech stuff um, with, with different coaches and different hires, because, you know, you're wanting to, you're, you're wanting to hire, a Maguire-esque kind of guy. That's who you want. That's the face of a program that who will be here that you'll remember it, you know? And I think that this one technically in a sense, wasn't as a flashy of a hire in a lot of tech fans eyes is what I would assume. And, you know, he Kirby said there were 35, 35 um, applicants and there were people that reached out some big names and it's kind of like, is that really true? Like I kind of like sat on that whenever he made that statement, like I, I I don't know, based on some of the things that you've done in the past, it's kind of, kind of, you know, kind of left me skeptical. Sort of. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. You bring that up because I was watching it. And as soon as he said that I said verbally out loud, my girlfriend can attest to it. I, we were watching it in our living room and uh we're watching it at night after we both got home from work and uh you know he's like you know there are 35 applicants and i and he's like and we talked to 23 in some form or fashion and i immediately said bullshit i said i don't believe you and 
and you know tech you know for what you want to for call it for what it is you know tech isn't a bad job i i, I won't say that it's a bad job because it's not uh the facilities are top notch yes um some coaches just don't want to coach in the big 12 and i think that a lot of people need to kind of grasp that idea uh the big 12 is not for everyone uh, the Big 12 is a down and dirty, you know, anyone can win on any night. Uh, you know, we say that all the time. Anyone can win on any night. Uh, it's going to be a physical battle. Um, and some coaches just don't like coaching in that st- that type of style. You know, some guys are going to be going to run that Golden State offense where their, their offenses are going to try and put up 100 points a night. Uh, like, do I think Mark Few could coach in the Big 12? I, I don't think so. Uh, I think that the Gonzaga style, you know, where they're going to pick and pop threes and, you know, kind of play okay defense, but they're going to focus on offense. I think you kind of get exposed in the Big 12. And, you know, maybe we see that in the coming years, you know, with the way things are going uh, with the Big 12 and expansion, you know, maybe we get that. Uh, But, you know, it it, kind of just, you know, kind of brings you back to uh, the fact that a Big 12 is, I would call it a niche style of basketball. you know, it's very, it's very defensive oriented nowadays. Um, I, I think Baylor does its best to try Baylor and Kansas do its best, do their best to try and, you know, kind of keep the offense, uh, a main part of it. But like I mentioned, you know, tech, tech went to a national championship, Kansas. Uh, this is the first year that, uh, the big 12 hasn't won the national championship and, and, or at least been in the national championship, I think since 2018, um, which is which is wild to think about, um, but um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a, a style, and and not all not all coaches' styles match, and I I think in this case Grant McCaslin's style does match, and so I'm willing to give him a shot. Um, I think all of Red Raider Nation should be willing to give him a shot. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people uh, care heavily on what people like Norrence Odiase and Joey McGuire have to say. Um, I'm I would throw myself into that camp. I'm more leaning on Norrence than Coach McGuire. Uh, no offense to Coach McGuire, I just you know he's he's got to coach some Agreed. football. Agreed. And and so um, I, I think that. Uh, I think that you know, you know, we've interviewed Norrence on this podcast before. Uh, we've interviewed Keenan Evans, uh, and when and when guys like that, you know, throw their support behind uh, behind this hire, you know, um, it means a lot. So I think those guys' words mean a lot more than really anything Kirby Hoka could say. Again, no no offense to Kirby, but um, you know, Norrence has been out on that court. He's battled. Uh, you know, for the double T, he's been to a national championship game um, and all of that. So um, I think this is a good place to end. And um, we will be back um, possibly later this week, but most definitely again this time next week. Um, hopefully by then, you know, maybe we have some more names that have been dropped for the staff. Um, hopefully we're talking about uh, some more tech baseball wins. Um, maybe even a surprise in Palo Alto. We'll see. Uh, but until then, you know, this has been Jack, Reed, and Joe, and we're signing off for the Cotton Club crew. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you all next time.